Zoe, thank you. Morning, everyone. Do we have uh, someone very strong that can carry that thing? Because it looks light, but it's very heavy. Austi is rebuking me. He's like, no, there's no way. Yeah, just any place. Thanks, Bri. I say morning, everyone. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Anton. I'm born and bred Afrikaans, so if there is words slipping out that might seem a bit weird, just think I'm praying in tongues or something, okay? Um, just for you, those of you that don't know, I'm married to that beautiful woman there in the yellow dress. Three beautiful boys, very blessed and rich man in that sense. So yeah, thank you that I can share this morning. I mean, Lucas asked me on Friday, Friday, he's like, Anton, can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah, it's like, Hey, you preach on Sunday, so I started laughing. And he was quiet, so I was like, oh, you serious? And he's like, yes, I am. I was like, okay, let's do this. So I actually prayed, I was like, Lord, what can I share? What, I mean, what theological thing can I throw out? And, and, and there was absolutely nothing. So I just felt like sharing you my life a little bit, this short testimony of, of my life and, and, and lies and stuff that's been spoken over my life that I started to believe and how the Lord actually came and set me free from that. Um, so as you all know that we, we're living in a very perverse and a, a broken world. Um, the world is totally, there's much more bad than there's good in the world. Um, I mean, if you look at even Ukraine, that's one small part. If you look at South Africa, all the hurt and brokenness, and it's a totally a fatherless generation that, that's been come through and a, a lot of brokenness. So in my life, I um, grew up in... Uh, so by saying this, I just want to say that I love my parents so much and I honor them. Um, they are amazing people. Uh, today, I thank them every, every time I speak to them for how amazing they are. So when I share my testimony now, I just want to say that I, I'm not dishonoring my parents. I really love them a lot. Um, but uh, like many, many people in, in the world, I grew up in a broken, uh, broken house, um, a lot of violence inside my house between my parents. Um, and then at the age of four, my, my, my parents got divorced. And obviously, as a, as a boy of four years old, it was, it was a lot of hurt, you know. It's like not understanding really what's happening. Um, and it won't really explain to me what's happening. So I grew up with a lot of thoughts of, of um, Lord, uh, not even Lord, I was just like, what's happening? You know, I can remember the day that, that my dad left. I was crying and weeping because why is my dad leaving the house? And, and just the way that it happened was, it, it was really bad for me. It's something that I can remember today still I was four years old. Um, and so grew up in a broken home at the age of seven um, I was sexually molested by a guy that led me away from the house um, sexually molested me uh, got back home didn't really know I was afraid to tell my mom because she got married six months after they got divorced so I was afraid to tell her and the, and the, and the new father which I love today um, I was afraid to tell them eventually I told them they freaked out in the car I can remember we were driving in Utenag. Um, I'm from Utenag. Um Please don't rebuke me. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that, Gladly. It's a beautiful place. Uh, praying for salvation there. So I uh, grew up in Utenag, so, so I can remember we were driving. I told my parents, listen, um, this is what happened, and that is what happened in the field, and this is... And my parents freaked out in the car. They, they freaked out, and then never spoke about it again. So I was like, oh my word, I did something wrong. 
And then um, there's actually a scripture that I want to share, John 10 verse 10. This is like, and I can look at the AV. I always see the elders do this. <laughs> the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And the main thing that the enemy wants to steal from us is the identity of the father. So from little ages, the enemy comes and he plants seeds of lies in our lives. Like, for example, you're not good enough. There's certain things that's been spoken of in my life. Um, you're not good enough. You hate it. Why are you alive? You're a waste of space. They even told me that I stink. So now I always smell like You can ask my wife. <laughs> That's maybe a good thing. You never know. Um, and, um, and also because of my parents being broken and they not knowing Jesus in that time, before my mom fell pregnant with me, she had a relationship with someone else. So eventually she fell pregnant with me. So there was always that thing between me and my biological father is, am I really his son? So I was always that guy in the family. So as soon as the fights broke out in the family, uh, which was usually quite violent, I would be mentioned. And who is that son? He's not my son. Why, why, why are you saying this? And as I grew up, my father mentioned it a couple of times in arguments that I and my dad had. My dad and I. I and my dad? My dad and I? Me, me and my dad. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So it was quite a heavy weight to carry as a young man. So because of all of that negativity, I grew up being quite a violent young man. I grew, uh, because that's all that I knew. I mean, in, in Afrikaans, you need to be the man. There's a thing of being the man. It's like you never cry, you don't show weakness, you're the man. So if there's ever trouble at school or wherever, my dad was like, you go and sort that out. So I thought like that is how we do it so I started being quite violent um, in schools eventually I went to three different high schools because according to them I went the perfect kid for their school so I was asked twice to leave high school to go to another one to go to another one because of the violence and at the age of 15 um, my mom and a second husband went through a divorce again and that was quite hectic because I mean where, what's happening now my mom moved to Cape Town um, and then my stepdad moved away, and now I'm there. So they said I need to go and live by my biological father. So then um, uh, I obviously went there because where else can I go? So this is now the first time since the age of four that I went to go and stay with my dad, my bi biological father. So my father was quite violent. He, he liked to eat stoppy and... Uh, Went a lot to the clubs, usually a lot of violence involved. Then they would phone me. I can remember I was like 13 years old. They would phone me to go and fetch my dad. So I'd get in the car, go and fetch my dad at the club, and then bring him home. So I grew up, and that was normal to me. I know a lot of people shaking their heads now, but that was quite perfectly normal for me. They, they weren't real. I grew up with it. It was a mindset that I had. So at the age of 15, I can remember I was sitting in the room, uh, or I was in my room, Busy looking for pornography in the cupboard. Sorry, I said the P word. But I was busy looking for pornography in the cupboard in my room. And then I found a small booklet of John Austin. Not Joel Austin, the father, John Austin. 
just bring it out there on the recording. John Austin. And uh, for some reason, so I never read. I mean, I didn't even, the, the fact that I passed every year in school is the grace of Jesus. I seriously, I can remember there's some years that I failed three subjects. And for some, I, they must probably just say, just put him through. Please, <laughs> we need to get him, we need to get him out of here. So eventually, I took this booklet and I sat, um, I sat on my bed and I started reading this small book. And as I started reading it, I started feeling there's something in the room. Now you have to understand, guys, I've never experienced the love of Jesus ever in my life. Only hatred, rejection, violence, and that was my acceptance. That's why I found my acceptance, because as soon as I get violent into, into naughty stuff, I would be called and a lot of people give attention to me because of that situation. So now I'm sitting in my room. All of a sudden, I feel a presence in the room, an intense, overwhelming presence, Always get emotional. <laughs> For the first time in my life, at the age of 15, I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt Jesus saying to me that you're loved, that you wanted. I've called you. You loved, you wanted, and I've called you. Something totally different than what I'm used to. I've never heard those words in my life. I mean, I was busy looking for pornography. The first thing the Lord was, was saying to me is the fact that I'm loved. I'm called and I'm wanted. So I started weeping. I was like, in, the, in, in my room, I didn't know what was happening. I was so overwhelmed by this warmth that I've never felt before. So I, me crying like a little baby, running to my father. Dad, Dad, I just felt Jesus in my room. My dad looked at me, it's like, there's something wrong with you, go back to your room. But I was so overwhelmed, so now I don't know what to do. So eventually I ran to my neighbor, my best friend, stayed next door. So I ran to him and I was like, bro, I don't know what happened, I just felt Jesus in my room, I just felt Jesus in my room. So he was like, I don't know what to do because he's also not safe, but he knows about a youth in, in, in town that we can go to on Friday. So eventually I went to youth on the Friday and that's where I met my beautiful wife. <laughs> and then uh, I shared them the story. I said to them, guys, this is what happened. I sat in my room and, and, and I was reading a book and then all of a sudden I felt the presence of the Lord and I, 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 heard the, I heard the Lord's voice speaking to me, saying that He loves me and that I'm called and I'm wanted. And they were like, wow, it's amazing. I'm a word. And all of a sudden, you know, most Christians, they start freaking out. <laughs> I'm almost like standing like, what's happening here? Just back off of it. So, so, they were so they were so excited for me. So obviously I got saved on that time. Um, and there's a scripture that, that, um, that really stood out for me in that time. It's Psalm 139 verse 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So that is the feeling I felt when I experienced the Lord for the first time in my life. The thing that I've learned from my journey, from since I got saved up until now, when the Lord forgives us, He takes the penalty of death away. But most of the times, there's still consequences of every action that we've done 
and things that's been spoken our, over our lives. So over my life, the, pen, the, the penalty of death is, was taken away. But still the consequences of my life that I've lived up until that time was still there. The fact that I still didn't believe that I'm a child in the house. I still believe that I'm hated. I'm a waste of space. So there's so many things that, that happen. So now I got saved. My family's unsaved. All of a sudden I'm going to church. They're saying to me, listen now, this is what the Lord has called you for. So when I get home and my dad starts telling me, listen, boy, you need to stop doing this. I'm like, um, uh, sorry, who are you to tell me that? Because I am the righteous one in the house now. I mean, I'm saved now. I'm set free. I'm, I'm totally saved. So as soon as my parents would start telling me, listen, you can't do this, you can't do that, I'm like, no, but you can't tell me. I'm like, you first need to sort out your own life before you can tell me. You know, if you die now, you're going to hell. That was my attitude towards my parents. Because I was like, I'm all holy now. I'm the one that fixed my life, and you're still living in sin and doing all your things. I can remember 3 o'clock in the mornings, usually on a, on a Sunday morning, they would burst in my door, my dad and my cousins, they would sing guitar, uh, happy days are here again, and we mag vergaans by lekker, all of that stuff. And I was just so irritated because I'm saved now, and now they're rubbing off their dirtiness and their sin and their drunkenness on me, you know? Always irritated. And I'm, I was so holy in that time, you know? <laughs> I was so righteous. So that even went to church. So because I started playing guitar, started leading worship with um, my girlfriend in that time. As soon as other people started leading worship, I would look at them and think like, yeah, I can actually do that better. Uh, sorry, guys, I know I'm the only one that ever thought like things, things like that. I, I know. I repented. And then one day I can remember, so we moved after, we started staying together before we got married. Um, I can tell you a lot of stories about that. Can I just drink a little bit of water, please? Always wanted to do this. So we stayed together, went to Joburg eventually. Um, I was still full of violence and anger. So because I have a beautiful wife, I was extremely jealous. So when Annalene, we will drive down the street, innocently Annalene will sit next to me and we would drive past people. You know sometimes a car drives past you and you look at the car driving past you? Only thing I saw is that guy looked at my woman. So I would pull off the car and start freaking out this poor human being that just walked and looked at the car so that no one drives over him. You know, so there was still a lot of hurt. And guys, you, you have to understand, by this time I was saved seven years already. Seven years already saved. And as soon as my dad will speak to me, I'm like, Dad, please just sort out your own life. I'm loving these guys in the church that's loving me uh, more than you love me. Uh, by the way, the father is a good father, so I'll look to him for advice. Sorry, guys, I know I'm the only one that ever said stuff like that. So eventually we moved back from, Cape, from Joburg to Cape Town, and uh, now my dad and I started working in the same business together. 
That was a dangerous thing. So my dad and I was like rubbing up each other the whole time. The whole time. And I can remember one day we were standing in the kitchen. My dad said something to me and I took my dad on. Because now I'm a big man. I'm not afraid of him anymore. So now I'm like, yeah, you, you, and you, Franchek, he was like two months old. I was the man, you know, who are you to tell me? Got in the car, drove away. I can remember as I was driving, the Holy Spirit said to me, I am struggling to show my love to your family through you. So I was like, but I'm doing all the Christian stuff, you know. I'm righteous. I'm going to church, leading worship. I'm leading people to the Lord. Why are you saying this to me, Lord? They're unsaved. And I can remember the Holy Spirit reminding me, I'm struggling to show my love for your family through you. You're in the way. So I repented. So eventually I turned back. I went to my dad. I was like, Dad, I need to talk to you. So now my dad's standing there ready for me. And, and then I needed to talk to my dad. So I said to him, Dad, you know what? I, um, I'm so sorry that I never honored you as my father. I'm so sorry that every time that you try to correct me, I'm like fighting back. I just want to say that I love you and I honor you as my father. So my dad looked at me and he said, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now the Lord had to tell you what I was telling you all this time. So you know, that was, that was my dad's response. And at that moment, the Lord humbled me. He seriously humbled me. Because you, you see, a lot of times we get saved and then we put ourselves in the right position because we feel we're doing stuff right now, so we're ticking the box. But when we get saved, it's only the first step. It's only the first step of stepping in to what the Lord has called you to, for. So because I've been spoken, there was lies spoken over me for many, 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 many years. I never dealt with those stuff. I just thought like, okay, I'm just moving forward. We're leaving all this stuff behind. There is a measure of you not looking back and moving forward. But you have to understand, in order for us to see, see better fruits in our life, we can't work on the fruit. We need to work on the roots. We need to remove old stuff that's not from the Lord. Lies spoken over us. Because now I am wanted. I am called. I am loved. I am convinced of that now. But there was a journey that I had to go through in order for me to start understanding that. So the Lord had to humble me. And then eventually Jesus starts showing me who He is. And the main purpose of who he was when he walked on the earth. Can we just go to that um, Philippians 2 from verse 1 to 11. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, with this spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality, is that right, equality, with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of the servant, 
being made in human likeness. So this is God that came to earth. The ultimate figure of authority. And being found in the appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the Lord started showing me, even him, that was the ultimate figure of authority, showed us what humility looked like. So this was a journey for me, even now, guys. (laughs) I am so far from perfect. You can ask my wife afterwards, please. I am so far from perfect. Even today, I need to learn to be a better husband to my wife. I need to be, learn to be a better father to my boys. So now, I remind my kids when I mess up. Guys, you have to understand one thing, that I am so far from perfect. But the Lord is good. He is a good father. So that now, when they grow up, they don't think of the father when they look at me. I give them, I, I teach them the, the, the real Um, attributes of the Father. And through that, I just humble myself continuously. Um, Luke 18, verse 9 to 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness. So, So, while reading this, you know the Pharisees? They were the good guys in those times. I know now when we look at the Bible, we think of the Pharisees, oh, that guy's. But they were actually the good guys. eh? They devoted their lives to Scripture. They devoted their lives to being taught in the right ways. So so these are the guys that was actually everyone, that was actually the church of those days. So a lot of times you look at the Pharisees. So when I look at this Scripture, I just make very much sure that that I'm not self-righteous with this. Because a lot of times we can sit here in the seats, we can come to church on a Sunday and we can think, But we are the church, so we are ticking the right boxes. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before the Lord. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We need to lose our life in order to find it. The process of us coming to the Lord, giving our hearts to the Lord, is only the beginning. And then there's the process of sanctification. So the reason why I'm sharing this, I just want to encourage you guys that I've been serving the Lord now for a long time. And the closer I get to Jesus, the more I realize how much dirt is in my life. How far I'm actually from Jesus. But in that, there's grace and there's mercy and the Lord is good and He's kind. He's a good Father. So He accepts me. And He has grace on those things. 
But I have, con- I have to continuously come to a place of, of humility and lowering myself and understanding that I am not as cool as I think I am. I am not righteous. He's righteous. So when I stand in, in Jesus, then I'm righteous because he has made me righteous. But I can't go to my family anymore and say to them, I'm not listening to you because the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. They are unsaved, so they do stuff that worldly people do. So now when I go to my family, I love them. You can ask my sisters, you can ask my dad, you can ask my mother. I only love them. I only love them. When they do wrong, I only love them. Over the years, my family started coming to me now because they started seeing change in my life. So now, my sister and her husband, that's an atheist, came to Annalena myself asking about sex in marriage. He's an atheist. And we just give biblical principles. And then we stop. And then we just start loving them. I do not throw scripture in their face because they should see through our lives the love of Jesus. Not through my words, because words can be meaningless if we do not act it out. We need to act it out. And if I make a mistake in front of my family, I'll tell them, guys, I made a mistake. I should not act like that. I'm so sorry. You know, this week, my dad sent me a message for the first time, I think since 2013, to ask me, hey, my boy, how are you doing? How's my, grand, my grandchildren doing and my girlfriend? He's talking about my wife. I don't blame him. She's beautiful. <laughs> but it's the first time that he messages me. I, I freaked out. I was like, Bucky, my dad messaged me. A short message like this. It's like he, he messaged me. That's a blessing. So he starts seeing me as his son. But I had to die to myself and all the self-righteous attitudes and justifications that I always had about how awesome I am, I had to lay that down and realize that I'm not that person. Is this a bit too harsh? Okay, when is here, so you're going to be like, stop it. <laughs> Galatians 2 verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So I just want to encourage you guys this morning. The journey of Christianity and following Jesus is difficult when you do it right. Because your flesh will manifest against it all the time. Who has ever felt, you don't have to raise hands now because your comrade leaders might look at you. If you have ever felt that as soon as someone calls out a sin in your life that you, like, hey, what, what, what are you trying to say here? Have you felt it? Don't shake your heads. But, but do you understand? That feeling of as soon as someone corrects you and calls out something, you're like, hey, you can't say, you don't even, I mean, you never, you haven't even brought me a meal yet and now you're telling me this stuff. But it's things like that that starts manifesting as soon as you come closer to Jesus. As soon as we come closer to Jesus, small stuff starts showing self-righteousness, pride. 
I'm still dealing with it today, guys. I had, I've had meetings with guys sitting with me, calling out stuff in my life because they really love me, and I was sitting there, um, you guys are wrong. You absolutely have no idea. And then usually I use my past as an excuse. You have no idea, guys. I grew up in a broken home. And, and that is why, oh, yes, to some extent, so I have to change my mentality. But, guys, I'm a grown adult now with three boys and a beautiful wife. I should eventually stop using my past as an excuse. Because it's no longer that person that lives. It's Christ that lives in and through me. Yeah, so I just want to encourage you guys with that.